Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to Christina Aguilera Track Battle. I'm your host Bags, super fan and lover of all things Xtina. This is the podcast where we take two songs from Christina's amazing discography at random via our fancy random track wheel, discuss them and undertake the challenging task of determining which is better. Let's find out which songs are going head to head this episode. Are you ready fighters? Let's spin the wheel. Impossible. And that's going up against... Tough Lover. Yay! First song from Burlesque. Bloody hell, only 28 episodes in. Track Wheel, you're playing a fun old game. And of course, it's up against the gorgeous Impossible. So without further ado, let's first start talking about Impossible. So Impossible is track number nine lifted from Stripped, which was released in 2002. And the song was written and produced by Alicia Keys. And it actually features Alicia on some background vocals and also her very, very talented skills on the piano. Um, And her very talented skills as a producer as well because it's an absolutely cracking song. So Christina was working on Stripped um, and reached out to Alicia Keys through emails and backwards and forwards asking if she would work with her as part of the recording sessions for Stripped. I'm not sure if they were on the same record label at the time. I don't think they were. Um, But yeah, Christina reached out to Alicia and Alicia has spoken about when she worked with Christina. Um, She obliged because she was aware of Christina. She was aware that she had a great voice um, and she was aware that she was going to be working on something different and that she thought she'd be able to write something great for her. So funny story about this. Um, there was the reaching out and then Christina carried on working, um, you know, her predominant producers on strip to where people like Linda Perry and Scott Storch. But, you know, when there is a big pop artist that is making an album, the record label and even the artists themselves, they do tend to put feelers out to other producers and other artists. Um, and people become aware in the industry that, this artist is working on an album should they want to contribute anything to it and I think that's how a lot of collaborations between pop artists and and other artists not even from pop but the outside of pop happen Uh, and eventually they meet and 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 see if it it all kicks off and eventually they produce something good or or it doesn't work out so uh, you know Alicia Alicia Keys was I presume contacted this way but at the time Alicia was working on her own album The Diary of Alicia Keys which you should really check out if you're a fan of good old straight up soulful R&B. It's a fantastic album. And, you know, Alicia Keys, because she's so musically inclined, her soul is just brilliant. So she's a match made in heaven with Christina. And um, Alicia at the time was working on the song If I Ain't Got You, which hopefully we all know because it ended up being one of Alicia Keys's signature hits. Um, Big, big, big song ended up winning her a Grammy. Um, but she had If I Ain't Got You and she spoke to a record label and her A&R people and she actually wanted to give that song to Christina as she felt like Christina would be able to deliver with this song and Alicia felt like she'd be able to write more songs just like it. And the label 
rightly so, said no, they said this song is great, you need to keep the song for yourself, you're not giving it to anybody else. Um, and eventually Alicia wrote Impossible, another song which ended up being recorded with Christina. But how weird would that have been if Alicia Keys had given Christina that song, If I Ain't Got You, and the record label said yes. I mean, I can totally see Christina all over that song. It's a Christina song. You know, you can see her singing it, but Alicia Keys sold that song so well. And, you know, it's a really, really great fit, hit for her. And it's one of my favourite songs of hers. It's such a well, great written song too. And and also like Impossible, it's a very well, great written song. Um, And, you know, Chris, Christina and Alicia, you know, the rest is history. They started working on Impossible. So back to Impossible, it's this sort of gorgeous piano soul R&B mid-tempo song with a bit of a jazz and funk vibe to it. It actually conjures up some really great imagery because it, it for me it's one of those songs which is very scene setting. Uh, it sort of tells a story as it goes along. You know, you've got the intro, you've got this great imagery of Alicia and Christina and the background vocalist all sitting in this like New York cafe or, or jazz bar or some other big city in America and, and just jamming it out and letting it all out and, and girl power coming together and singing about this man and and you know it's in terms of what the song is about it is about how she can't give all her all her love to her lover and um how impossible she finds it because he's giving nothing back and she can't read him emotionally she can't read him at all and and there's no idea how he's feeling and and what's going on through his mind so it almost feels like the girls are getting together and having a good old vent about their partners and impossible ends up being the song that they they all sing together. So we have to talk about her vocal delivery here. I mean, arguably, this is considered one of her best vocal performances. And I am inclined to agree here in that it's definitely up there. I wouldn't say it's her best, best, best vocal performance in a studio recording, but it's definitely up there because the way her voice is just so hypnotic and how it just really, really builds up more and more. And the way that she uses her vocal ability from soft with a bit of rasp with a bit of grit and eventually giving it all and and the and the the great vocal strains that we have later on in the song and and the ad-libs I mean it just has this impeccable storytelling quality to it and it's so rare to hear with a lot of artists because we've spoken about this before on this podcast where Christina's not worried about being technically perfect um all the time she's very much singing from the soul and she will like to really sort of portray that across when she's singing even in her studio recordings which is absolute gold um and you know the way that she does it on this song how she enunciates certain words with different emotions the rasp the grit i mean i could go on all day but we only have 20 minutes in a podcast episode so i would rather not <laughs> so We've been looking at favourite parts and favourite lyrics of songs that have been being chosen on the track wheel, so nothing different here. Um, my favourite part of the song has to be the intro in terms of how it sets the scene. And then you get, you know, the piano riff, you've got the chattering in the background um, and Christina saying, play something for me, Alicia. And, and, and then it builds up with these sort of layered vocals. You get the background vocalist coming in, reaches this crescendo and then we get the dun 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 We get the piano applause for singing. No, maybe not. Um, and um, and then it, and then you get the beat that kicks in. I mean, that's absolute magic. I love, love, love it. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it almost you know it's not cheesy at all. You know, when you get some sort of storytelling 
like songs it can almost feel musical like but it's not like that here at all which is absolutely great shout out here also to the second verse where the vocal acrobatics start to pick up um which i really also like as well but yeah favorite part of the song has to be the intro here my favorite lyric has got to be this is not a circus don't you play me for a clown how long can emotions keep on going up and down i love how using the circus analogy here um is really applying it to the situation regarding this relationship that they're singing about. Um, Alicia Keys is a fantastic songwriter and it really, really shows itself here. But I like the analogy here. And then, of course, you know, Christina does a whole circus-inspired tour later on in, 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 her, um, in her career. So it's almost like foreshadowing, I suppose. I remember they showed a lot of how this song was recorded um, when Christina did her MTV diary during the promotion of Stripped, which is fantastic. Side note, I wish they still did these because it really takes you behind the scenes of the artist. And during Christine's MTV diary, there was a lot of studio, uh, lots of clips of her in the studio working with, you know, Linda, Alicia, etc., etc. Um, and um, I love how in when they're looking at Impossible, you know, Alicia Keys is there. And when they're sort of doing the ad libs, um, Christina was sort of so adamant to get this note and had to record the same part again and again. And there's always been talk of Christina strives for her own version of perfection when recording, and it really, really showed here. Um, I, and there was some sort of like insider secret things where they sort of take a, a note from one take and then a note from another take and then put it together. And I thought that was really, really clever because, you know, ultimately there's different ways of singing the same song, but when you've got the best bits... Um, ultimately it turns into the best version of the song um, and, and, and that's what you can go forward with. I know that there's a lot of flack about this song um, on especially on some sort of you know Christina sites and things that this song is very similar to a song called Ain't No Way by Aretha Franklin and, and even more recently Alicia Keys um, did release a concept for her album Alicia that was sort of very very similar to the liberation concept of rediscovering that inner child. They even use that, they end up, end up using the same Michael Jackson sample that was used um, by Christina on the song Maria. But regardless of how much Alicia Keys is branded like this, you cannot deny how much talent she has and deserves to be well respected and applauded for it, not only as a skills as a musician, but even a vocalist, because she's got soul. And that's what we love here at Christina Aguilera Track Battle. We like a singer with soul. So yeah. Definite applause to Alicia Keys there. Um, she has actually performed this song live quite a lot, um, which is weird because it wasn't released as a single. Um, but she performed it on the strip tour as a staple on the set list, um, uh, where she's sort of laying on top of a piano. And it's definitely one of my favourite performances of hers of this song. If you look at the strip live in Wembley DVD, it's definitely a highlight because you can see how much she just gets into the moment on top of this piano and really goes for it vocally but she's also performed this as part of like a medley at the emas in 2003 there's like a handful of other performances um aol sessions things like that i think as a result of all of these performances um i'm led to believe that this was going to be one of the singles of stripped potentially the fifth and final single i think it was between this walk away and of course the voice within and we know which song came out victorious in the end but i think had impossible or walk away been the fifth single because they're both massive fan favorites um big 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 fan favorites in terms of the fighters i think we would have had a lot of happy fans because it would have been sort of like a 
I've had some success in this era and you know not many artists get a fifth single from an album in an era it's you know there's you've got to be very very successful with that era so it would have been sort of a nice thank you back to the fans if impossible was chosen as a sort of the final single but the voice within is fantastic song um but yeah I think impossible and walk away big being big fan favorites it would have been very nice to see that but speaking of impossible back to it it's a great song it's absolute magic and um it's just oozing soul and it's one of those songs that i wish christina would perform again um and do more songs like it because it suits her so well so let's move on to talking about the song that impossible is up against which is tough lover so this is one of the seven numbers um, by Christina from her feature film lead debut in 2010's Burlesque, in which there was also a soundtrack released alongside the film. And this is a film, it's like a backstage musical film which starred Christina and Cher. And it was about Christina's character, Ali, stumbling upon a financially struggling burlesque lounge in Los Angeles as owned by Cher's character, Tess, and wanting to sing and perform there along alongside her dealing with things like love, heartbreak, a rise to success and fame. And Tough Lover is part of a pivotal moment in the film where Christina first shows everyone her amazing singing voice that she's been hiding after her performance on stage is sabotaged by a character called Nikki, who's the villain of the film, played by Kristen Bell. Um, in, in the burlesque lounge, the whole concept of the performances is that the girls that dance there, they lip sync to the songs from great artists and they have all these different um, stage setups, um, but they don't sing the only person that does sing is Cher's character which is Tess um so eventually after her performance is sabotaged where the backing track is turned off um spoilers here if you've not seen the film and if you've not seen the film why not and also the film's flipping amazing so and I'm not saying that I'm as as being biased it's a great film. I love how it's got so much of a cult following, um, especially 10 years later. Um, it, 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 you can see it on Netflix and people tweeting about it on Twitter and it does trend and the soundtrack goes up in the iTunes chart and things like that. I love I love that it's got a great cult following. I love that Christine is part of a film like this. But anyway, back to Tough Lover. Um, she ends up singing this song and it sort of thrusts her into being the headlining act at the Burlesque Lounge. So Tough Lover is a cover of an Etta James track, which was originally released in 1956, um, which was like a double A side with a song called Nobody Loves You Like Me. And it was written by Etta James and Joe Josa. And the songs appeared on many of Etta's compilations throughout her career and, you know, even after her passing as well. And, you know, Christina, as we've spoken about before, is very heavily inspired by and owes a lot of her sort of singing career to... Etta James um, because that's the person that she grew up listening to and she was most heavily inspired by. It's on a lot of interviews, she even says it in person, um, so much so that she was invited back to sing at her funeral as well. You know, Etta James was somebody that she holds very, very dearly into her heart even to today. Um, so it's no surprise that there's two songs by Etta James that Christina's covered on the burlesque soundtrack, Tough Lover and Something's Got a Hold on Me. Um, but this cover version by um, 
Christina was produced by Tricky Stewart who did a lot of the work on the burlesque soundtrack with Christina and also did work on Bionic which she was working on sort of at the same time as the burlesque film and the soundtrack and the cover version really flips the original version of the song on its head like the original version has got a much faster tempo rhythmic hand claps it's very like boom 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 and with the Christina version the tempo is slowed down quite a lot initially um, and it focuses more on Christina's vocals as opposed to the sort of background instrumentation and then eventually it builds up with a live band brass section and then eventually goes to sort of speeds up to the same tempo as the Etta version um, so it's sort of reflecting what's happening in the film at the time um, even the arrangement of the lyrics and some of the melody has sort of been changed in the Christina version to reflect what is happening in the film. Um, you know, if you listen to the original version and you listen to the Christina version, you can definitely hear that there's some differences there in terms of how um, the, the version is arranged. And um, during the performance of this in the film, we see all the main cast reaction. And a fun fact here, um, these were all filmed at separate times, um, as you know, filming a film and getting all these actors schedules together is quite hard work and when you've got an ensemble cast like you have in burlesque you have to make sure that all your shooting's done at, at, in terms of your camera uh, shooting is all done very much in a logistical way but you know these are all filmed at very separate times and the shots are added in afterwards to make it all look like they're in the same room power of hollywood eh there you go fun fact for you from from this podcast um, and as we know like i said christina's got a very special connection to etta heavily inspired by her singing style even to today um and i think the reason why christina feels more gravitated towards etta through her youth and even to today um is I think she felt like when Etta sang, she sang with soul. And, and that's why music from this era appeals a lot more to Christina because she felt like it's, you know, void of studio technology. You really had to sing and sing well to to sort of get anywhere. And um, there was this great interview for like InStyle magazine where Christina and Etta sort of got together and they, you know, there's pictures of them at the piano and, and how you just saw how much they really, really got along. Etta really thought very highly of Christina she thought she was very wise beyond a year. She's an old soul. Um, she doesn't know anybody in this day and age who sings like her. Um, and um, yeah, so I think this is a great homage to Etta that Christina's had two of her songs chosen, uh, that she's chosen herself to cover um, because she was the executive producer for the the, the music in, in burlesque um, for, for, thing, for this film. So Tough Love, obviously, great, great, great cover and then something's got a hold of me we'll save that for another episode shall we <laughs> so my favorite part of tough lover has to be where um the beginning comes in where it just focuses on the power of her voice and the ad libs and you know we all live for a christina ad lib it's signature christina no one else does it like her and this song is absolutely full of it um my favorite lyrics um is it ain't voodoo it's just that twist he'll be the greatest lover that ever come to pass i I really like how songs from this era touch on like dark subjects like voodoo here and it almost makes it and twists it and makes it sound upbeat and this is one of those lines that just does just that. It's like we've said before we love it when Christina puts her stamp on a cover and and this is probably the most Christina like stamp here because it does change the arrangement of the original song flips it on its head um but I also love her tribute to Etta because she's got her rasp and her grit here and how she just vocally goes for it. And and the scene um, is definitely one of the highlights from the film. It's definitely one of the standouts from the film. You know, everyone remembers it's when Christina's 
voice initially begins um, to shine and, and everyone knows about it. So it's really, really great song and really, really great cover. So we've heard about Impossible and we've heard about Tough Lover, but there can only be one winner. So drum roll, please. And the winner is... Impossible! Congratulations to Impossible. It's a fan favourite and it's also one of my favourites, being a fan, of course. Soul, vocals, jazz flow, just epic. There's no more I need to say. I mean, Tough Lover is bloody brilliant, but Impossible just has to pip it to the post here. It's just one of those songs that's got great replay value for me. So, next episode, we've got another burlesque song. Another one, it's like waiting for a bus to come along at once. So yeah, we've got another burlesque song versus a smooth song from Back to Basics. Thank you so much for listening. That is it for today's show. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Xdina Track Battle. Peace out. (laughs) 